What is innovation really? And can we create it simply, especially in critical situations? Welcome to Reinventors. With me, Anissa Goshi and Thomas Lantala by The Crisis Compass, where we hear from entrepreneurs, activists, business leaders, and inspiring minds from all walks of life about reinvention in challenging times. Whether you're leading large teams, small organizations, or are struggling with dilemma decisions, personally and professionally, this podcast is for you. It's really great to have with us today and cross-examine one of our Crisis Compass experts, Thomas Kaya, who is a sports psychologist, resilience and mindfulness expert, and CEO of Groundwork. Welcome, Thomas. And for um, the avoidance of any confusion, um, I will refer to you as Tom K from now on, and our host, Thomas, is Thomas. And Tom K, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, Anissa. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm very happy to be on the podcast and uh, go into very, very interesting topics with you guys. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. Um, so let's delve straight into it. Um, we're really excited to talk to you about mental resilience today, um, a very important topic for both individuals and businesses uh, in general, but especially at the moment as we enter the second year of the pandemic uh, in particular, uh, an area on which you are an expert and have vast experience, including as a renowned leading expert in Austria. Um, and so my first question or a couple of questions for you are, how did it all start for you? How did you get to where you are now? And what would you say were the key turning points along the way that probably also tested your own resilience? Uh, that's a very, very good quest question, Anissa, uh, especially because uh, I reflect a lot to it and I also invite clients to reflect uh, to it. Uh, how did they get to the, to the, to the point where they are? And uh, I think with me, everything started when I was, when I was a teenager. I, I started, uh, I played tennis um, more or less professionally. So I wanted to become a, a tennis pro. Uh, between 10 and 14, 10 and 15. But the problem was in, in Austria, we call it a, a world champion in practice, but I couldn't you know, perform when, when there, was a, there was a competition. And of course, due to that reason, I was not very successful. So uh, when I was 15 or 16, I, I said, okay, it's not gonna be uh, working out that I'm gonna be a pro, so I'm gonna be a tennis teacher then. Uh, but this was a very, very, looking back, a very interesting and important experience because I, I had to be resilient in so many ways because uh, basically every week you you just get a punch in your face and you lose. Uh, and you know people say, hey, you they believe in you, they think that you really you you can become a great tennis player. But every week you basically prove to them that it's not true, that it's not working out, and you you start uh, a lot, you start doubting yourself. Um, you you ask yourself, well, what are you doing wrong? So I was basically in a crisis uh, the whole five years, and this was also time of, of my life when you know I was a teenager, I was in puberty, so uh, finding self-identity was a big, big issue. And um, and then after that, uh, my parents got divorced when when I was 16. So that was the next the next crisis I was in. And um, looking back, I think those years, like 10, 11 till till the age of 16, 17, were very crucial uh, in terms of. Um, becoming somebody who, who works with resilient in, in, in different matters and different contexts uh, as, I, as I do now. So this was probably one of the first um, turning points or, or times of my life um, where my way was kind of maybe already put in stone by, by then. Um, after that, I started uh, um, studying psychology then when after, after high school, it was probably the second big milestone to, to really um, get more into this whole topic of psychology and um, 
out of that, I, I started working as a sports psychologist. So basically, I did that what I would have needed back then when I was a, a teenager, uh, which was very interesting. I would have been my best client looking back now. Um, and a lot of people say that, you know, psychologists, they, they become psychologists because they want to heal themselves or work on themselves. And uh, with me, basically, that's kind of true, because of course, I wanted to find out why, why did I uh, not perform when when it was to perform? Why did I uh, not not? Why was I so bad in competition? And of course, this was a lot uh, self reflection back then. And um, probably that, that also made me yeah, made me a sports psychologist. And, and, and then out of, of the sports context, the next step was kind of putting those experiences into other contexts, into other, into other areas of life. And uh, that's how probably I become somebody who is uh, working with those topics, not only in sports, but also in business, in, in private life, in yeah, different sections. And um, that's probably the way back uh, how I become what I am as a person and also as, as, uh, as a professional. Now, I have the privilege to, so I'm very excited about this podcast because we, we know each other already for a long time. So I've, I've actually seen and be quite close to some of these turning points uh, that you just mentioned. And what, if you look back now and you described the turning points and you described this to got here, but what, what were some of the key things you learned along the way? Uh, I would say there are three key learnings uh, looking back. The first one is what I want to become. I always had this this kind of really structured plan in my in my head, and I think this helped a lot. But on the other hand, and this was the second learning, um, every plan is only a plan, and it can be changed. And you don't have to be too um, focused. If you're fo too focused on the plan, then it makes you unflexible. And uh, one topic that I'm dealing a lot with is mental flexibility. So, you know, for example, you plan a vacation, and the vacation can be totally different than you were expecting it, because uh, the weather is not fine, or the hotel is not like you, you, you were... Uh, um, you thought of it that, that it is. And that, of course, uh, does something with you. Um, emotions occur because you get angry, you get frustrated because things don't turn out the way that you wanna, you want them to turn out. And this was the second learning that no matter what plan I, I made or uh, what goal I had in my mind, there was a second voice in myself that always said, okay, this is only a plan. And if, if things go differently, you have to adopt, you have to go a different way, you have to find a different solution. You have to reinvent yourself or uh, the situation in order to, to go forward. And this was probably the second second learning that that I had out of those those times, and the third learning uh, is basically that that you are your own captain. You know, you can you are basically the pilot of of your I would call it life plane. So it's you who decides if a situation is bad or is good, or if a situation is a threat to you or is an opportunity. It's a chance. Um, it, it's not the outer world. It's 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 yourself. It's it's what you make out of this of this of this situation. Um, a very uh, a good football coach I had the privilege to work with um, told me, but also the team very often, control what you can control. You know that's basically the most important thing. And uh, now looking on the crisis that the current uh, pandemic, I mean, this is one of the most powerful sentences I think that that you can say because. You can't control so many things. The only thing that you can control is how you live your day, how, how you live your life and uh, what decisions you have to make. So this was the third learning uh, that it's very, very important to, to look into your, um, I would say, micro 
cosmos and say, okay, what are the things that I can that I can control? And I'm basically the pilot also of the things outside there uh, in terms of how I perceive them, how I judge them, how I um, what what kind of meaning they have for me. So, um, so it's really fascinating because when I when I listen also to these three points, it's like of course there's a lot of similarities, and we've discussed that often between between not only working with mental resilience but also how this fits into crisis dealing with crisis and crisis situations as you also just mentioned but when i listen to these three points i find very fascinating that for me they're all connected somehow when i listen to you so one you have you have a plan yes you have an idea your direction your purpose what you want to do and, and how you want to get there but then it doesn't always work out and then you're probably faced with a situation that you as you said like you you know your vacation has to be cancelled or your company you all of a sudden cannot travel anymore so what do you do and then you re release the, exactly that the third learning that you said you have to look into control what you can control and, and and redefine that space if it can be redefined or even expand it and then you have to show the flexibility to actually adjust so it's 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 interesting how these three are, are connected and it's almost like last in last in one of the last episodes we talked about balance and how important it is to kind of keep the balance and and this is a bit what i hear too and that you what i like about this is very much is, is really the aspect that you are the one controlling this balance so either you're focusing more on the planning which is fine but you don't forget don't forget to be flexible on the other side or you focus focus on the flexibility but don't forget that it doesn't go without any structure so it's really this you know you 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 are the captain of your life there's, there's one aspect maybe I, I want to add, because when you talk to people at these days, clients, but also privately, uh, a lot of people see themselves as a victim, you know, uh, as a victim of, of the situation, not only when it comes to Corona in, in many, many, many things. And that's also what I, I did when I was a young tennis player. I was a victim because the court was not well, the opponent was so, so good, you know, my dad was looking or was watching the game. So, you know, so, but, but by doing that, of course, for the moment, this is nice because, you know, you're the victim and, and, and basically the reason why it's not working out is in the outside but psychologically what that makes uh, what 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 that leads to is that you don't you can change the situation because your self efficiency is decreasing because you're not in control of it anymore because you're the victim you know and the victim basically is passive and and okay um, just have to or just has to 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 deal with the situation as it is um, but stepping out of this victim and say okay no uh, I, I am the one who can really influence the situation by the way I'm seeing it, by the way I, I make decisions. Uh, this gives you back the power you might lose in the first sight in those kind of crisis situations. And this is a very, very interesting thing because yeah, if you, if you observe the conversations out there, it's, it's everybody is the victim, you know? And, and it's, is it the government or is it the virus or is it, I don't know, the teacher or is it somebody else? There's always somebody who basically is the one who is responsible for the situation, but it's not me, I'm the victim. And this is, I think, something that, that we can change and this is very important to change. Slightly removed from the corona context, but what would you say to those people who might um, feel in their life overly responsible instead of having the victim being the victim, feeling like the ones who are overly responsible for something? Yeah, that's a good question because it goes both both ways, of course. Um, if you always make yourself responsible for something, I think it's very, very important to, that you zoom out a little bit and that you that you have a broader and bigger picture of the situation. Say, okay, uh, what is the thing that I can do? I contributed that I'm in this situation because this is, of course, very important. But it's also important sometimes, especially if you're somebody um, that 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 then deals with a lot amount of stress because you always 
feel responsible. You always be the one who who has to make decisions, who has to go forward. That you kind of uh, step back uh, a little bit and say, okay, no, it's not only me. It's also other people who can come in, who can maybe help me, who can also make decisions. So the big topic of delegation, the big topic of saying no to, to certain things, is also very important. Because, like you said, Anissa, it's it's these times you, you always also see the other things, the other extreme people, especially in the business context, you see CEOs, you see uh, people who, who think, okay, now they have to do everything differently and they have to step forward and basically have, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 hours, days, because um, it's, it's, it's everything they have to do and everything they have to, to, to decide um, and because they're responsible, they think they're responsible for it. Um, so it's very important to look deeper a little bit and say, okay, am I really responsible? Uh, is it, is it, Maybe other people also who 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 can do certain things and who can take over certain certain situations. And uh, sometimes, of course, we want to be responsible. We want to be the one who makes the decision. And uh, this is also the, in the current situation. I think something that that we can observe that uh, some people step out of the dark and say, "Okay, now I am. I am the one who deals with the crisis. Now I am the one who is responsible for the business and 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 maybe for the family and stuff like that." So it's it's again you have both uh, poles there. And like Thomas said before, I think it's very important to be balanced out and to to self-reflect. Am I a little bit more into feeling responsible for everything or am I the victim and say, okay, everybody else is responsible and I can't do anything. So it has to be um, balanced mm. out. Yeah, we keep coming back to this topic of balance, which is so important. And we addressed this and talked about it in our first podcast, actually, that Thomas and I did um, as an intro and the importance of keeping balance um, in life in general as well. Um, so the past year, obviously, it's been challenging. It's been interesting. It's been an opportunity for reinvention, as we like to see it, obviously, at the Crisis Compass. Um, but uh, so how, um, how did the past year change the way that you conduct business? And um, what is reinvention for you? And what triggers that in you? Reinvention means for me that uh, you basically have a situation um, and you look at it from different angles and you just try to bring in new perspectives. And it doesn't mean that you have to change. It doesn't mean you have to change the whole world. It's just that you that you have different angles, different perspectives, different, um, maybe you see different opportunities to, to specific situations. If you then take this opportunity if you didn't uh, go a different way. I think that's not always uh, a must because you can just say, okay, well, it's, it's, it's good the way I'm doing it and I want to continue how we how we are doing it. So that's kind of the definition for me what reinvention means um, because sometimes, and it's also maybe a, um, a way of, of seeing reinvention, sometimes people and organizations, they want to reinvent them all the time. And that's also maybe not the, the wisest way because then you, you're not going on a, on a, on a stable way. Um, for me personally, I think there are two uh, two levels in it. The first one is is privately. You, you said business, but I also want to bring in the private life. Um, the last year, I think we as a family reinvented a lot uh, because we we had to to deal with certain situations in a new way, and we had to find new solutions uh, when it comes to homeschooling, when it comes to organization, when it comes to to logistics, and uh, this was challenging. But now looking back. I think it made us made us stronger. And um, there's the saying you all might know that that each crisis or each each uh, um, thing that happens to you makes your skin uh, thicker, you know, because you, you your resilience grows uh, if you deal it with it in the right way. And I think that happened with us as a family. We 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 became stronger due to this new situation. But that doesn't mean that we are not having conflicts and that that it's everything is easy. But uh, I think we 
we used it to, to grow as a family. Business-wise, I would say this was the most important and learnful year uh, in the last 15 years. So since I'm out of, of university, because due to this new situation, we had to reinvent basically our whole business and we had to look at it in different angles. And um, so looking back, I think this, this, this year was the most successful year for us, not, not in, in, in terms of income or in terms of numbers, but in terms of development and in terms of reinvention. And maybe without the pandemic, we would be there where we would have been a year, where we were a year ago. So uh, I think we, wise, we, we used that, that year really wisely, but um, of course it was not always, always nice and, 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 and comfortable, but um, I think we, we did a good job in, in reinventing our company, our the things we, we offer. Um, and what, what you said before, and he said this, this was also very important to observe uh, on myself, this, this kind of responsible thing. You know, at the beginning in March, I thought, okay, I, I have to save a company and I, I felt responsible for everything. Um, and the result was um, that, I, that I was stressed out because I couldn't sleep anymore because my head was always working and I thought I had to make this decision, this decision and uh, do we oversee something and can we do something differently? But then we came to a point where we said, okay, of course we have to reinvent ourselves a little bit, but we don't have to reinvent everything. We had a lot of situations the last, the last couple of months uh, where maybe the head said, yeah, this, this would be nice. This would be a cool reinvention. But then the, the feeling came in and said, nah, this is not the way we want to do it. For example, um, webinars, online things. Yeah? Of course we do it, but we didn't change totally into the digital world because that's not us. That's not feeling well. That's not feeling comfortable for us. Um, so trust your instincts, yeah. So important because this this decision-making for us is a very different topic also in Crisis Compass because this is kind of what it boils down to. I mean, you 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 also said it, it. There were so many decisions to take in this past year for you and for many other uh, other CEOs that that have experienced similar things. And and it's it, that's that's what it's all about because ultimately you have to decide: Are we going to reinvent? Which way are we going to reinvent? Uh, are we going to continue what we're going to what we did before? So it's really this decision-making is just a it's a continuous thing through through crisis management and crises, mm. and I, I really like how you point out that the gut feeling needs to be there because this intuition for me is is has always been one of the biggest criticisms that I have to traditional crisis management that it's like you know eliminate your emotions and make only logical and rational decisions because it's it's so important to find that space to really explore okay what doesn't feel right why is why is that emotion there why is why is my gut feeling telling me that something doesn't feel right. Because that's how you get to the point where you can actually take an informed decision. Because sometimes when I've seen when CEOs completely eliminate emotions and say like, well, there's a logical choice. Later on, it turns out, well, there might have things that were not considered, might have been things that were not considered in the process. And that turns out to be an oversight. Um, so I really, I, I, I strongly support that. And, and we in the crisis compass, we just we push also for that to really work with, with intuition. But um, and a follow-up question to what you just said, like how did the clients react to your reinvention? Well, I think over the last month, we, we tried to, to be even more in contact with our clients, uh, is it companies, individuals, and we basically um, 
also got their perspectives. You know, we asked them, so how you want to do it? Those are the those are the choices you have. Um, there were times where we said, okay, it's only possible online because of the restrictions, but then there were times we can do it uh, in presence. Uh, what is your perspective on it? This is the things that we can offer. The clients were very positive about that. And uh, we didn't lose any client. Um, uh, it was the opposite way. We, we, we got new clients. And, and I think this openness, um, now looking back, was something that they really valued. Some clients also give us that feedback that it was a little bit unusual for them that we bring them in and we say, hey, how you want to do it? Because uh, they were used to, okay, uh, even though in their own company, um, we're going to do it like that, like that, like that. And this is the order and this, uh, you know, this is the restriction or this is the way we're going to do it the next couple of weeks a month. So I think this is very important. I also feel that there's a lot of, um, that you, you gave them also something that many people, companies, teams say that they're lacking in this situation and that's stability because you didn't completely throw over the concept that you were already offering um, and not reinvent yourself, meaning meaning that they had to deal with a completely new partner that they didn't know uh, and that, that was also in the turmoil in the, in the middle of the tornado, so to say. But you kind of said, okay, no, we're going to stick to what we have. We adjust, of course, we adapt a little bit to the situation, but we're we're sticking with what we have. And that also presents a client with stability, knowing, okay, when I go to them, I know what I get. And even better if they take me into the decision-making process. So I think you you might have also given them some stability when everything else around is anyway unstable and uncertain. What would you now advise clients, businesses, companies, organizations in the current situation? It's hard to say because it depends on, on the context and on, on, on the... Um... On the business, but maybe to 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 put it on a on a meta level, I think what's very important at at, at this time is that um, companies and teams they don't forget about the the cultural level, about the persons, about the people who 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 do the job. You know, because of the crisis and because of of. Um, dealing with the crisis, uh, a lot of teams are so much into content, are so much into solving this crisis, are so much into, okay, what can we do differently, but the, very much on a, on a content level. And I think it's very, very important not to forget the people who are basically doing this content and doing this work. So not only asking the question, what can we do different in our business or how can we adopt in our business to this current situation, but also how can we uh, do things differently when it comes to teamwork, when it comes to cooperation, when it comes to, to you know, working as a team. And this is, I think, as much important as focusing on the content. And this is something that people forget today. For example, we had a team development and it was a small team, five people. And they told me, well, uh, they, they totally forget to communicate with each other. Yeah. Besides, okay, uh, this task, this task, and this task. So there is no, there's no relationship basically between them anymore because they're only sitting in front of the computer. Uh, of course, they they seeing each other on the computer, but there's no time, there's no room for uh, going into personal stuff and and developing as a team. And if you forget about those things, then you might pay the bill if people come back together uh, or even before. So I th think it's very important that we don't forget about the people behind the work. The second thing I want to mention is um, to, to follow up something that you said before, Thomas, uh, when we were talking about the, the gut feeling. Uh, I work a lot with mindfulness and, and mental flexibility, as you said before. And we have two, two systems in our body. It's the cognitive system, you know, the rational system. We have to take decisions and we can go into future, we can go into the past, uh, etc. 
And then we have the gut feeling. We call it the somatic system. Uh, it's basically our whole body functions. And they are only in the present because your heart rate, your, your breath, it's, it's only happening now. It's not happening in the future. I mean, of course it is, but uh, it's happening right now. And it's very important, I think, that, that again, you're balanced out between those two systems. So, of course, um, you go into your rational system and you, you ask questions and you, you plan, like I said before, you go to the future, you set goals, you want to have a structure, how to work together. Uh, maybe you go to the past because you want to catch the learnings that, that, that you have out of the last um, month or time or whatever. But it's also very important to be in the present moment. And, and again, this is basically the only thing that we can control. We can control what we are doing right now. We can control uh, how we perceive the situation we are at this particular moment. But this is basically the only thing that we can control. And it's very important that, that we, we listen to our body. We listen to our somatic system. Is it the breath? Is it the heart rate? Is it uh, the amount of sleep we need? Um, is it maybe a pain that we feel somewhere in our, in our body? And I think at this time, it's even much more important that, that we listen to our body and that we listen to our somatic system. Them because this is something that gives us feedback, uh, basically how we are doing in these times. Um, so this would be the second thing to sum it up, that uh, we, we really be in the present moment and we uh, try to balance the somatic system and the cognitive system. I have a follow-up um, to that very interesting thing that you just um, shared with us. You inhabit this great space between both, you know, the, the individual psychology, but also you work with teams and organizations. And ultimately, all teams and organizations and businesses are made, out of, made up of people, um, which is the most important thing to always remember. Do you have any tips or recommendations, or can you spell it out a bit more as to how are you in touch with your body? Very, very good question, Anissa. Um, a lot of answers to it. Uh, I reduce it to, to really a couple of small things. Um, use your senses. That's the thing that I would that I would recommend. So use um, use your nose. You know, when you go out, when you walk home, uh, especially now in winter, um, try to breathe the air. Try to really smell um, what is the air. Um, what, what's the smell of the air? Um, smell your apartment. What's the smell of your apartment? Smell your tea you drink at night or maybe your glass of wine. Um, go into taste. Um, um, maybe, you know, order good food and really try to use your, your, your sense of, um, of tasting it and not only eating it because you're hungry, but really try to, to go into the details. Uh, take your time. There's a very, very good exercise if you like uh, raisins or if you like chocolate. Uh, just take a little piece of it and um, smell it touch it, look at it. Yeah, you might, if you take a, a, um, a chocolate, for example, you might see things that you haven't seen before or with a raisin. So use all your senses to really explore those kind of foods and then, you know, enjoy it. So you might, I don't know, it might take a couple minutes to eat one piece of chocolate. Um, also uh, use your, your visual sense. For example, we went to the mountains uh, on, on Sunday and it was so great to see different things. So to see the mountains, to see the snow, to see the trees, because also those are stable things. They don't change. It doesn't matter how bad the pandemic is. The trees always will be the same. The snow will always be the same. So those things remind us also on, on, or, yeah, on st stability. Um, use your, 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 your hands to, to, to feel things. So just basically all your senses you have uh, because those senses only happen at the particular moment and they bring, bring you back to this particular moment. So this would be one thing that you can do. Um, second thing, uh, use micro breaks. That's also something that we uh, tell, tell businesses a lot of times. So if uh, you only have two or three minutes and just step out, you know, uh, go outside the door, uh, take a couple breaths, um, 
feel your body, what, what is your body telling you at this particular moment? Is it telling you that you're tired, that you should take another break, that you should go home to your family, um, that you should keep on working? So just listen to your body, what he or she wants to tell you. It's very, very important. It takes two minutes a time, not more than that. Um, and maybe a third thing, because this was also for me a very, very crucial thing um, in, in doing what I do, use your breath. It's, it, it sounds, you know, it sounds like, okay, yeah, breathing. And it's, it's, of course, everybody has to breath and there are so many exercises. It's so easy, but it's so important because every one of us knows how to breathe. We do that since our birth. It's different with meditation techniques. Nobody, I, I mean, not a lot of people, you know, do that every day, but breathing is so, so normal. And uh, again, if you, if you ask me for, for a tip or something like that, if it's only a minute a day or two minutes a day to breathe consciously, it brings you back in touch with your body. It brings you to the current moment. Uh, and it's also, I was um, compared with a, with a muscle, it drains your somatic system, your parasympathetic system. So the kind of uh, body system that, that activates when you, when you um, relax. And in these times, I think this is very important. And those are the things that you can control. Those are the things that are stable. Uh, and if you focus into those little tiny things like your breath or like your senses, those are the things that basically also brings you far away from those big questions and big topics, you know, like when can we, I don't know, meet people again? And when can we do normal business again? Because those things that those are happening only in your head, but they have an influence on your body, of course, because you can't sleep well, or you, um, you, you, you get, you know, any kind of headache or pain maybe then after that. So um, those are the things that I would, I would recommend. But uh, again, there are so many answers to your question. Um, maybe, one more perspective to it. Uh, the first step can be finding out what helps. So try out different things. Um, again, a couple of minutes a day and then uh, reflect on it and say, well, this was helpful. This was maybe not helpful and then go to the next step. Those are all very helpful tips and recommendations. Um, and it's nice to hear them spelled out like that. Sometimes we all need reminders and we all need to, to be told almost what to do, you know, by people who, um, who know, <laughs> like in your case, you know, especially experts. So um, thank you so much, Shonke. It's been such a pleasure to, to have you with us. How can people get in touch with you? Very easy. They can go on our webpage. It's uh, www.groundwork.team or they can send me an email to uh, office at groundwork.team. I was, was very, very um, glad to, to be here. And thanks for the, for the podcast. It was a very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm.